It's that time again. We go beyond the jive. Join our hosts, John Swan and Natalie B. Brave the sting of beekeeping to reap the sweet rewards. All you hive jive junkies out there, this is the hive jive. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. Uh, so happy belated Halloween. Belated Happy Halloween. <laughs> Dia de los Muertos for today, technically, yes. um, right. which by the time everybody hears this will also be belated. So happy belated, everybody. <laughs> happy belated everything. <laughs> everything. But it's early Thanksgiving. Happy early Thanksgiving. We can get that yes. one in there early. It is officially November. Um, so that's awesome. I'm looking a little haggard because I, uh, so last night being Halloween, of course, we had to go oh, out. Yeah on the town so uh i but i had black face makeup around both of my eyes basically like a raccoon because the mask that i had just shows your eyes so you have to black Uh that out and uh i had to scrub and scrub and scrub with Uh facial cleaners and soap and everything to get that back off last night so my eyes are still pissed off (laughs) (laughs) they're still a little a little swollen some bags they're not happy it's okay uh, inflammation what did you what where were you again uh, so it doesn't necessarily have a name. <laughs> it's, it's okay. something that I created, but the, the head is a skull. And then, then it's got these very predator esque, like dreadlocks that come down off the top of the skull. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then I've got this big bizarre coat. That's like a cross between the matrix and Hellraiser. Like it's got this metal stuff everywhere and all these straps and hooks and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. And then. So in town on Saturday, they do a zombie crawl, which is over a thousand participants dressed up, family members, all ages, dressed up like zombies, moaning and drooling and dragging themselves along all the way down the the main strip where the historic retail shops are. So they start at the top of the hill and they curve all the way down to Main Street. And then on Sunday, or sorry, this year on Monday was Halloween. So the historic route from basically the highway it's it's called king's king's highway i think is the the name where the street starts it starts there goes around by the hospital and then goes all the way back to the crescent hotel and by Mm -hmm. the time it gets back there it's white street that is basically like halloween row so every house along the street is is done up they've got parties and stuff going on there's over a thousand trick-or-treaters and that's not counting all of the parents other adults that are just dressed up and out there roaming the street and the kids get to go get candy the adults take wine glasses from house to house and fill up wine and drink as they go uh yeah so we we had to go out and like check it all out and and stroll through the crowds i saw more people in probably honestly i saw more people in just two or three blocks than I did in my entire time in Austin added together. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. That's it a lot. It was insane, but it was so cool to see all the kids and everything. So that's um, fun. So you must have been in the heaven because you love Halloween. Oh, yeah. Like a lot more than what we've been doing around here. Oh, yeah. I was I was definitely very happy. And it also it made up for the fact that with where this new current house is at, 
we're literally the last house on the left and we're outside of city limits and nobody literally nobody really goes to any of the houses in town. Everybody goes to this one main street. Mm -hmm. And because that one main street is so popular, the town buys candy and donates it and then distributes it evenly to these houses. Oh, that's like, cool. that's they like a support. <laughs> yeah, it's like a support system because they're like, look, we know you're about to get screwed. Right. So everybody else can support you by whatever candy they would have bought for themselves. They right. donate to that street and it gets distributed out to the street. And then everybody just goes and hangs out on that street. So, so it's like a whole uh, town party. It is. It's like, yeah, it's like a block party for the whole town. And it's, awesome. it spans several blocks along one street. So yeah, yeah some, some site. Yeah. yeah, it was definitely fun. So uh, we we enjoyed that. It was pretty fun to get out there and do that. So awesome. Um, my other little recap is it's just going to be a, a side note. We'll put this as a little footnote to make a point, a very, very valid point. So are you worried yet? <laughs> You're going to get a kick. A little bit. I'm kind of like, what is he going to talk about? <laughs> You're going to get a kick out of this. So two episodes ago, we talked about procrastination. Yep. Okay. And I also talked about that I needed to build that nuke box out of the two by lumber to put out there to put the bees in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, haven't done it yet. Anyhow, moving on. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm laughing because that's what we've been doing. See, I've got somebody that's building them for us now because he's doing our regular topper house because we don't make any money on them. So we have him do that. He makes some money on it. Um, and we don't have to get covered in sawdust all the time. So he's also making the thick nukes for us and we buy them. And then we uh, took a lot of the conversions and put them into those boxes. The ones that had gotten in so late, didn't catch the nectar flow, didn't get to build up enough in the top bar hives. And you can also put the top bar smaller colonies as long as the bars are 19 inch, yeah, right? And that's true. Box. So I've done that before. Don't yeah. do that in the corrugated plastic boxes though, because they don't they don't fit quite right and right. things slide and they can actually drop down inside there and yeah. break stuff off. So that yeah, that's no, no bueno. Supported colonies like that, and it's I've had some issues, um, which is why we were making the bars much longer at 20, 21 inches, yep. but then they don't fit into the thickness. <laughs> then they don't fit in the, <laughs> the, the, the hive, right? <laughs> so but Anyhow, so yeah, that, that was my whole, uh, you know, one little one little point about the procrastination episode. I still haven't done it. Right. <laughs> still procrastinating. <laughs> so here's my procrastination thing. I'm going to make uh, swarm traps with buckets this year. I think oh, I talked about yeah, it. Yeah, you did. And and so I don't want to wait until February, March to do that. I want to have them hanging, hanging before the end of January. So we'll see if I'm the queen of procrastination again. Very cool. Well, so that is a good segue that we will get to in just a moment because we are going to talk about swarms at a very unseasonable time of year, but not the unseasonability of swarms. That's not a word, uh, <laughs> but the anatomy of swarms. But we'll get back to that in a minute. So on these bucket swarm hive things, uh -huh. how does that work? Is the, is, yeah, how does that work? Let's just start with that. Does the lid go up or down, number one? So in my version of it, you'd have to put the lid uh, up because what you're going to say. So this is what I will do. I will get buckets, probably the darker colored ones, um, and uh, making sure I'm hanging them in where there's some shade above them. I don't want them to be in full sun because I don't want comb melting and falling. But basically, bucket lid on top of the bucket, uh, side up, and hang them in the trees, probably about 
five to 10 feet, depending on the configuration of the trees or the, the place where I'm putting them. And I'm gonna drill a hole probably at the bottom of the bucket and uh, cover the entire inside and the under part of the lid with basically wax from slum gum and slum gum being all the old combs and cocoons. You can throw some of the fresh, uh, you know, drawn, uh, drone comb that you don't want to, to reuse is deformed or whatever, but you want a higher proportion of the dark one that's going to smell like a hive. It's going to have the cocoons and all stuff. And you can melt it in a big crock pot and then um, that you're going to dedicate to that, or you're going to use a crockpot liner, uh, and then whatever wax comes out of it, and you're going to paint the inside of the bucket and the underside of the lid, and also where you're putting the entrance, you're going to paint that wax with wax as well, because the plastic is kind of slick, and the bees tend to uh, kind of slide off, so that's going to give them a, a grip, basically, and so once you have that done, you can Excuse me, <coughs> allergies again. You can put um, some, um, I have some of those uh, slow release tubes with yeah. uh, lemongrass oil in there, or you can melt some wax and add some lemongrass oil and make little um, swarm lures that are pucks of wax smelling like lemongrass and just kind of bait it and put it up. And uh, this, they tend to have a really good uh, success rate and uh, you get to reuse some of the nastiest comb, even the one that's got some uh, wax moth damage and webbing and all the stuff. Um, that's a good way to recycle it. So uh, upside up is the way I would put it. And um, that's kind of the process. So you're kind of hoping that they would attach to the lid so that the lid can pop off and the comb's right there. And maybe, <laughs> if anything, minimal attaching to the inside of the bucket itself, because hopefully you catch it soon enough that they haven't filled the entire bucket up and yes. glued everything down yes and excuse me for coughing but uh, yes that's exactly right um, and then you are going to have to do a cutout yep right because you're going to have to lift that uh, lid and depending on how advanced they are hopefully you don't wait too long um and then you're going to have the comb hanging uh, following the catenary curve um and then you're going to lift it all up like when you do like uh, water meter removals it's going to come right up with it hopefully and then you get to cut the combs and hang them from rescue bars in your top bar hive because that's what we do yeah. uh, and then if you want to do the frames you can rubber bend them and put them in there as Don't, well no 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 rubber no band? rubber bands why not? It's just okay, like sorry. the it's just like the old no wire hangers, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mother, mommy dears. Uh, no, so you do the exact same thing that you would do for the top bar, where you make the wire hanger bar. Right. You can do that on a frame. Pop the foundation right. out of that sucker. Build your little wire hanging apparatus. Yep. It supports all the weight at the top. The comb is actually straight. It doesn't lean. It doesn't sag. Right. Throw away all your damn rubber bands or make a rubber band ball and play with it, but don't use them on your frames. So I see all the <laughs> removers do that because we we put them in top bar hives, right? So we don't we don't really do it. It would be insane for us to put it in, in Langstroth frames because yep. that would be counterproductive. But all the removers I've seen, uh, except you, because I haven't seen you do that, we're putting them in rubber bands in the around the Langstroth frames. Are you saying basically, and I haven't heard the episode where you probably discussed that before, that it deforms, it gets like you wonky comb, is that why? Yep, it gets all, so anytime you use the rubber band, Half the time when people are doing removals, they're putting crap in there that shouldn't be in there in the first place. Right, it's got food exactly. stores, it's really heavy, you know, but you've cut it out. The comb may not necessarily be straight anyway. And even if it is, you put it in there 
gravity is going to pull it down. So it's oh, not yeah. attached to the top of your frame. No. It's just hanging down there. The rubber bands are trying to hold it in place. Inevitably, it's going to lean or tilt or sag. And right. that is going to create an angle where they will try to go across. And you're going to actually end up with cross combing or like you said, wonky comb, really weird stuff right. going on. You can use the same method that we use to build the rescue bars for the top bar hives to build right. a rescue frame using a smaller version of the same apparatus, get the hardware cloth, cut it, cut out the interior, in, interior prong. So you've got teeth, press the comb straight in there and it and holds it and they will fill out the rest of your flame, frame. Right. It's nice and smooth. That's the way to do it. Absolutely. I've done it for the layance frames because we don't do frames, but we do have a couple of layance hives in our teaching apiary. So that's exactly the method I went for because I was not about to put rubber bands in there myself, yep. right? That's yeah. it's actually even what I did on the mating boxes, the mating nukes that you could buy before I built my own. They come with these really cute little bitty frames. And oh. I popped the foundation out of every one of those yep. suckers, cut comb out of my top bar and built a little mini hanging bar, right. smashed it into every one of those and hung them in there. And I was like, ta-da, instant comb. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've seen people um, sometimes push the comb that's big enough to fit inside the, the frame, which is in there you're using and just wedge it in there. And then it's kind of straight and it's yeah. just there. So there's another option. It's like not too big of a frame. I like the wires and then it doesn't yeah. have to fill up the whole thing either. If you've got a gap at the bottom or a gap on the sides, yeah. the weight is still supported at the top and then they'll go through and they will fill in the rest of that. And it just right. occurred to me, like I am slurring my speech, like I'm drunk and I'm not, and I don't know why yeah. I'm slurring my speech. It happens to me quite often and I don't get drunk, but uh, yeah, I have I'm, an excuse. it's not my first language. <laughs> there you go. There, you, I don't have an excuse other than I ate half a pizza before we started. So maybe I'm just like, <laughs> I might just be bordering on like food coma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the blood went. In, yeah, it went out. Yeah, yeah I don't. I, it's all. It's all in the tummy digesting at the moment. <laughs> there was also there was also a lot of uh, it was pizza, so there's lots of cheese and stuff. So maybe like the saliva is getting all thick, and I'm just like, dah, dah, dah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was spicy. I don't. Know. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, so you had, you had two little great segues in there aside from all this other goofiness. I've, tried, I've been trying. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. So the number one segue was obviously swarms. The right. other, the number two segue was the curve that you talked about. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't have it pulled up here in front of me, so I'm going to say it incorrectly, but so there's, there's two aspects to this. One of them is, uh, my brain went blank. <laughs> Dang it. Um, Failing. when they festoon, festooning. Right, so right, right. when they festoon, they form a living chain. And the definition of festoon does kind of go along the lines of living chain. Now that, is it Canterbury curve? What it, catenary. Catenary. C-A-T-E-N-A-R-Y. There catenary. we go. Catenary curve. It's in one of the articles that I had sent you earlier today, but I did oh, not pull it? it out. Yeah, yeah, I didn't pull I it out. Them, and write but it, down. I didn't, it didn't ring a bell. Yeah. That's okay. So the catenary curve is actually very specific to one of the topics. So swarms. There have been some interesting research articles pop up in the news feeds here recently, both of them talking about swarms. And since how we talked about those two items, we'll start with the first one, which is, I love the title of it. Um, Rachel in Australia sent this article over to me and it started off with the whole, how many bees can you fit in an x-ray machine? And I was like, yes, what? Right. And what they did is they took, they say a swarm, quote unquote, they took a swarm, which really they took the bivouac. So once the swarm condenses down into a cluster, they took the beaver whack and they put it inside of a CAT scan machine and they scanned it 
so that they could see what was going on. Because from the outside, it's just a pile of bees and everybody is haphazardly hanging on each other in this big group. But when they did the CAT scan of it, they found that not only is it not random, it is extremely precise mathematical equations that they are forming inside this cluster, inside the bivouac. The way that they are stringing themselves together using that curve and using the whole natural shape of gravity, basically, they form a very intricate, very precise mathematical precision, like geometric shape, layer upon layer upon layer inside this cluster. And right. it was so astonishing to the researchers to see that and to see what was truly going on inside there and to see all the organization that the implications for this in the real world could be very, very, very beneficial. They could use this to redefine the way that they build structures and the way that they have support systems and how everything can interlock and still be very strong and sturdy. And that was actually fascinating to see something like that. Um, so thank you, Rachel, for sending that over. That was that was great. Uh, my mom was a little bit behind the curve. She got it like two days later and also forwarded it to me so that I could look at it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. So so I, I got it from from multiple directions, which sometimes is usually the case when there's something out there that kind of pops up and everybody's like, oh, oh yeah. what is this? Mm -hmm. So that was really cool. I really thought that that was awesome. And it and again, it was very cool to see the organization because it makes sense, right? Everything else they do is some form of precision mathematics. Mm -hmm. From the way that they go through and they they dehydrate or they add just this much of this or that chemistry, the way that they go through and they take in all these different what would be extremely toxic and or uh, not astringent, but um, there's another word in there, not toxic, but I'm trying uh, kind of my brain. See, again, food coma. Uh, <laughs> so. When they go out there and they're gathering the stuff to make the propolis, they're gathering these resins and everything from the trees. They're actually gathering some of the most toxic substances that in large quantities could be detrimental to something, but they gather them in just the right amounts and they mix it together. And they homeopathic is what it ends up being in the, in the okay. long run. Yeah. Um, caustic. That was the word I was looking for. Caustic. caustic. Mm -hmm. So they take all this stuff and they mix it together and they make something that is very useful for them but they, they did like all this complex chemistry to do it. When they build their comb, the shape that they build it, the way that they start it and using the festooning and using the chain and the living scaffolding to build this comb is a very precise mathematical equation. And it, it, it fits all these dynamics and rules of geometry. So mm -hmm. it, it literally just makes sense. We, we see a pile of bees, but it totally makes sense that when you look through there, it's all in a same precision mathematical setup. What's fascinating is that they're using basically the laws of physics, the laws of nature to uh, get their work done. And that's why, I mean, the superorganism is not an overstated term. They really are uh, working together and, and just basically bending um, the laws to kind of um, make it work for them. And it's fascinating because we can't even begin to understand how much there is to know about them. Uh, the other articles that you forwarded were talking about the static electricity and, and just how um, those flocks of insects in flight can trigger a whole lot of 
uh, energy and electricity. And, and so uh, Lasso always talks about the flowers sending some kind of signal to the bees, basically calling them, hey, I have nectar for you. And, and all the stuff that we don't understand, that we it's not within our realm of perception. Uh, our senses don't allow us to pick up on those signals. And the bees see di different colors. There's all kinds of things that we don't know. So when we mess with them, this is why I tell everybody, right? You've heard me say it, you say it as well. It's got a bunch of unintended consequences because we don't know how it interferes with all those mechanisms and those principles that they're using to optimize their, their work. Yeah. Now, that, that second article that you brought up in there, that was the other point that we were going to talk about, which is the fact that, as you mentioned, we've talked about before in the past in many episodes of the podcast and things, the, some of the phenomenal aspects of the fact that bees are covered in hair when they fly it actually generates an electromagnetic charge to the body, which is coincidentally the complete opposite charge that a flower naturally has. So when the bee lands on the flower, the pollen kernels are basically magnetized and jump up with static electricity and attach to the bee. And then they can go through and clean and groom themselves and get that on there. So that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is the simple fact that Everything is made up of electricity, all the signals in the body, the neurons, you know, everything that's firing off in there. It's all electrical. That's basically running it all. Well, mm -hmm. the bee has that and then it has the flight. The flight generates an electromagnetic charge. Well, when you take the bee and you multiply that bee by thousands and you mm -hmm. have a swarm, they've actually found that a swarm of bees can affect the weather it can actually affect now we're not talking like it's going to create a storm no. but it creates the same effect on the surrounding environment that a bolt of lightning would have if it would have struck or went through the air in that area meaning it changes the ions it creates different ions it changes the whole atmospheric condition and it's just a swarm of bees flying through the area so that is a very, very crazy aspect to that, to learn that they could do that. They had only other time that they had witnessed it and actually recorded it. They knew that it could happen on a large scale with locusts. When locusts do those biblical type plague swarms that come through and they devour everything, there are so many of them together with their wings beating, generating this charge that it does actually have an effect on the environment. And now they've actually seen it with bees. The funny thing was that was not what they were trying to find. <laughs> Right. It was no, just a coincidence. And they were like, oh, my God, look, every time this happens, we get these readings and they spike through the roof. And some of the readings were equal to or more than a bolt of lightning, which is crazy right. for bees. They're bees. Right. <laughs> they would sit at the entrance of the hives and look for those swarm castings. Right. It's just kind of the explosion of bees coming out, out uh, in the air. I think it's fascinating. And the fact that they can, um, even if they don't trigger storms directly, they can impact the weather in a way that they're transporting particles of dust and, and just kind of that static electricity is impacting the environment. And, and so it's changing a bunch of things that uh, could have the same effect as the storms, right? Well, think about, so running water creates negative ions. This is one of the only times that the words negative and positive are flip-flopped. Positive in an ion is actually bad for your health. Negative in an ion is actually good for your health. Lightning creates negative ions. Running water over rocks, bubbling brooks and streams create negative ions. Go outside right after a rainstorm. 
the whole air, not only does it smell wonderful, but you can feel the charge in the air. You, it's a completely right. different tone and feel to it. That is the same impact that a swarm of bees can have on that local area that they just emanated from or passed through. So yeah. it's, it, oh, man, little bitty insects and they're so crazily fascinating. There's so much on so many levels. It's never ending. So if you like uh, impressing your friends or talking trivia at parties, uh, become a beekeeper because not only will you never want to shut up, but on top of that, you'll have tons of trivia that you can just uh, pull out of your hat anytime, right? So that very few people know that are non-beekeepers. There you go. If you can't shut up talking about them, start a podcast. <laughs> right. Exactly. And do the lesson Crowder and I, we do the Monday night um, YouTube. Chat with the mindful beekeepers. Right. The chats and the question and answers, because that's all we can do. We can, we love talking about bees. When, when you, when you've talked to your friends so much about bees that you have to find other friends to talk to that. There you go. You start a podcast. You have to attract more people to listen to us talk about these. <laughs> it's like, I, somebody's got to listen to me. I have stories to tell. Oh, no, it's so cool. It, it's very fascinating. And then there you have two new pieces of trivia to add That's to right. your beekeeping arsenal that are just very crazy. Uh, there's a lot of different, like I've seen the article has been kind of regurgitated a couple of different times, but I can take both of those and plop them down into the comments of this episode so that you are the description of the episode so you guys can go and read them in case you haven't seen them and again like i said they're being recycled so i keep seeing it pop up it was cnn now it's these other news outlets you know scientific america things like that so i'll just put in you know the the most recent ones that i have and you guys can check them out and see what you think um also in the news just for the the audacity of it really i thought this was kind of funny so just, I guess it was yesterday. I think it was yesterday that my mom forwarded me this one and it cracked me up. Oh, that's the third one. <laughs> that's the third one. So the, the this is the one that I sit here and I was like, just for shits and giggles. <laughs> like, here's this one. So there was a beekeeper, a, a Georgian beekeeper who was trying to cross the border from Georgia into Turkey. Mm-hmm smuggling queen bees in cages strapped to their body like dynamite row <laughs> upon row upon row just spiraling up their torso of all these queen cages now the, the wooden queen cages so the wood side was facing in towards the body the screen side was facing out and they were just layer upon layer of them and they were very determined that they were going to make it across the border with all these smuggled queens but the turkish authorities caught them <laughs> It, you know what it reminded me the movie midnight express <laughs> <laughs> there you go it was like a oh, bad news for you gentlemen you're not going to a turkish prison <laughs> yeah yeah right exactly and some of those places you don't want to get in trouble <laughs> so yeah that's kind of scary but you know i mean they they said uh i think they were saying 1100 bees uh in those i think they had like 30 or 40 boxes and and it was just about that many they were listing but that would make about 10 10 bees per and those are queen cages yeah they're a queen cage i'm pretty sure like my concept of it was there's probably a queen in attendance that's probably mm -hmm. where they're getting that but every one of those i know every one of those boxes though had a queen so they were all capable of making a new colony and then mm -hmm. they had their attendants in there with them and stuff but yeah it was i i will have to say it was clever Right. 
unfortunately you got caught, but it was clay. Right. It was a good idea until it wasn't. <laughs> and those bees were staying warm. Oh, yeah, body heat. <laughs> Same as the bruise nest, right? The yeah, bees. right. They were they were right at the core, right there. They were all nice and toasty. It was all good. I, I you know, like it just astounds me though the one, you know why. <laughs> Exactly. Is it worth it? Is it really worth it? Right. Were those bees, were those Georgian bees so much better than the Turkish bees that it was worth risking going over there? And was Turkish your final was Turkey your final destination? Like were were you passing on to somewhere else? They're very serious over there with their bees and like with their honey and things like that. Mm-mm, you don't mess with that kind of stuff so no you don't what made me laugh though he got busted because he was making weird gestures when he was getting scammed <laughs> so it was like the implication was what he was getting stung <laughs> or i don't know right well I, I when i when i took that it was if i thought maybe he was just purposely trying to move so, so that it would mess up the scan and and like right. you know you wouldn't necessarily be able to see the stuff as much that was kind of how i took it but also just think about like this is this is the stuff that comes to my mind you're sitting there so you're sitting next to somebody when the queens are that close in proximity to each other they know it and they will pipe and so you're sitting yeah. next to this guy and suddenly you hear yeah, you're beep, 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 beep. And you're like, the hell is that? And you look over there at him, and he's just like turns and looks the other direction. And then then you hear another one over here is like beep, 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 beep. And then it's like they all just yeah, start going. They're all chatting. That's you're like, funny. um, how are you making that noise? <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, that that must have been interesting. That's probably why you got busted too. But uh, there's also a note that's completely unrelated to that. The ministry reportedly claimed to have also seized over 104 kilograms of chestnut honey hidden in the fuel tank of a vehicle. That was spot like, in the middle of the article. <laughs> okay, there's a lot of things going wow, on. Wow, guys. Wow. And in a fuel tank, I really hope that fuel tank had never been used for anything else. Because in a vehicle, in the fuel tank, uh, I'm not sure what they were doing. No, so. and I mean, what did you bag it up and put it in there? Probably. But still, it's good. That's yeah. gross. Yeah, yeah. I, but it's better than the other implications. When you started to say that, I was really worried that it was the same individual, and then I was thinking, <laughs> oh dear, where was this hidden? <laughs> Poor guy, he already had a bad ride. <laughs> yeah, right man so i don't remember if we this is this is not one that i sent you recently but i did send it to you and i honestly cannot remember if we talked about it on the show we talked about it off of the show but there was uh an article that i had sent you i want to say it was last month where a lady there was somebody was getting evicted from a house from a property oh it was very vague and i don't know the full implications as to what was actually going on but long story short Property owner over here is evicting tenants from said property. Mm -hmm. People that are not related to said tenants in any way whatsoever are protesting the eviction of the people from this property. And one of those protesters was a beekeeper who had the dumbass idea to load up a bunch of hives on a trailer, drive them up to the house, put them in front of the property. And then when the police tried to come and physically evict the tenant, 
piss off the bees so that they would sting the police and then went as far as to knock one of the hives over to get them riled up and try to sting the police so she was wearing a suit right well she started off not and then she went and put her suit on when she went to kick the other hive over but it's like people come on like talk about beekeepers having a crazy you know few weeks in the news here yeah and that's kind of uh, i mean as far as i'm concerned the liabilities of working with bees to start with around other people are so you know tricky and it's it's dangerous right so i would not do that not for no. anybody no and and one of the things one of the sub articles that i had read about that said that the potential implications of what she could be charged with could go all the way up to attempted homicide because if any of those officers were allergic and you purposely provoked the bees and something were to happen to them, Mm -hmm. you could be charged with homicide. (laughs) So yeah, that's, that's not, it's not a cool thing to do, but again, like, I mean, I don't even know full moon coming up on hunter's moon. Like what, what happened to you guys? (laughs) Everybody went crazy. (laughs) So uh, I'm glad nobody got hurt though. Yes. Yeah. No, well, irrevocably hurt anyway. Some people got stung on that one for sure. Oh, uh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. People did get stung. It's just, it, I don't know. It's just kind of crazy. And it it's it's humorous from a third party perspective when you're not involved whatsoever, where you can look at it and just shake your head and be like, wow, it takes all kinds of people. <laughs> well, and I think that that happens quite a bit in the world of beekeeping where you have some crazy people sometimes doing some crazy things with the bees. And it's just kind of, I will not name names or give examples, but we've seen some pretty <laughs> we have. Yeah, we, we, we were right there in the heart of like, Somebody who's not mentally stable and should not be allowed around the public or bees, either one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that generates all kinds of stories in and of itself. So that's very true. Uh, so the only time that I've ever had like an audacious bee moment was during a removal where basically I took a page straight out of the original Ghostbusters movie <laughs> and they we did the removal. We did the work. We got done. And then they were like, refusing to pay and you told me that story yeah and i was like oh that's okay i'll just let them all go and they're gonna go right back into your wall which is now a giant open gaping hole and i'm not gonna patch any of it up so that's completely fine and i just started like undoing the box and they're like what are you doing what are you doing and i was like well no no. i mean i did the work you don't want to pay me for the work so i'm just gonna let them all go because that's fair you know like I don't, if I'm not getting paid for it, they don't mean anything to me. So, you know, you can have them back. And they were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of interesting. People let you do the work and then they they come back and say they don't want to pay you. I mean, that's insane. Well, that that's just too expensive. How do I know, you know, how do I know you weren't just taking your time? And oh, trust me, man, I don't want to be out there in a hundred degree weather in a beekeeping suit that's three layers thick with a bunch of things that want to kill me. No. <laughs> No, I mean, you agree to a price. You're, you're, you you got to pay, man. That's right. And if not, I'm happy to let them go. I will put them right back where that I found funny. them. That is funny. I like that. I will have to reuse that at some point. <laughs> it works, especially if you go start like unhooking the hoses and pulling the screen yeah. and stuff on it on the, the containment unit. And they're like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? I'm going to let them go right here. <laughs> and by the way, they're going to be really mad. That's right. They just went through a vortex. You want to see how yeah. they feel about that? Oh <laughs> well, yeah, that, uh, that's fun. I did ultimately get paid for that though. That was all good. I bet you did. Yeah. Um, 
and now my brain is like trend like traipsing down memory lane which is really funny the very first removal i did was what led to the whole story about the the bees that were the the meanest bee colony that i ever came across that was in a langstroth hive and i told this one on the on the podcast before and i use i use an accent and it's not meant to be disrespectful it's just it's funny because that's literally the way that she said it to me but we were on one property trying to do this removal from underneath the structure and there was also one out in a trailer uh like a semi-trailer out there and as we were coming back doing all the different things for it you know the lady across the way is dressed really weird in the middle of july it's literally fourth of july weekend at that point in time she's got long sleeves on she's got a scarf on she's got a hat on she's got glasses on gloves on and it's like i honestly thought that she might be somebody who's not supposed to be in the sunlight and so she's purposely covering up her body you know and then when we started to do this removal and the people were not on the property to provide power like they were supposed to be i had to ask her if we could run a cord from her house and when i told her we were doing a removal this is this is where the sounds inappropriate comes in. And she was like, you do bees. I have bees. You get over here right now. <laughs> Start screaming at me. And I was like, OK, um, but her house, the whole tragic experience with that was that was the one that I walked up to the hive and I took the duct tape and I just went Whoosh! and they yeah. came out of that hive and like five black tentacles and just piled into my face. Oh, yeah. You covered my whole that. suit up. I was like a black walking monster. Um, it occurred to me months later. I did get a check from her and I never cashed it. So she technically never paid for that job. And it took me forever to finally find it. And then when I did find it, it was way past like the whole 90 day thing. So I was like, oh, well, Well, (laughs) you know, I think that if you cash it electronically, it doesn't necessarily. This was years ago. It doesn't matter anymore now. But but it was it was just more of the fun. Like that was that would have technically been my my second professional job on my own and that was how it all unfolded and then i did not even ultimately end up cashing the check for it because i was so that was the one that i jumped in the truck and drove off with the windows down at 80 mile an hour trying to blow all the bees out of the truck and off of me oh god they were uh, they were on me like they were not leaving um and then when i came back a week later with a whole different plan on how i was going to fix this hive they were the sweetest damn bees you'd ever seen. I was like, what the hell? It's because all the mean ass suckers got driven 10 miles down the road. Exactly. <laughs> and, and and you're probably driving a million miles an hour. Oh, thinking, I had it. Oh, I my gunned it. Gonna hold. <laughs> I gunned it. The only other time that I have I've, uh, been in a situation where I was covered in them was one where I made mom drive the truck. And that was funny because I had to, I, there was no way I could get in because she was with me and she didn't oh, have a suit yeah. on. She got on so the she, back of the bed. Yeah, yeah, she stayed in the cab. And then when they were all over me and pissed off, we unloaded them. And I just jumped in the back of the truck and I was hitting the truck going, drive, drive, drive. <laughs> so my friend Georgia, she did something similar. She was going there and it was nighttime. She went with a friend. A friend was in the driver's seat and she forgot to zip up her suit really well in nighttime, right? So they crawled They're up. They're crawling, yeah. She was getting stung and she's like plastered on the windows. So she jumped in on, on the back of the bed and she, it was the same thing. It was like, but at night they don't come off. No, no, they don't. And I'm like trying to stand up and shake my suit and get them off of me. And I'm screaming at her faster. <laughs> <laughs> the 
dangers of uh, removing bees, you know. It creates some very fun stories, that is for sure. So, uh, you know, those never made it into the headlines for for anywhere. You didn't get to see that nationally in your newsfeed, but they were some fun little stories that just kind of popped into my head when we were talking about some of the stupid things us beekeepers do. <laughs> <laughs> we all always make, we all make mistakes, right? It all happens, and the bees are very prompt to find uh, a reason to leverage that mistake when when it's needed. That's right. That is absolutely true. And sometimes it's not even just a mistake. Sometimes it's just uh, nature overwhelms you and you're outnumbered. <laughs> right. In that case, right. You have no choice but to retreat. <laughs> and you kept on going and kept on doing removals after that. Kudos. I did. And I went back and finished the, like the, the one about the hive. The only reason that I, I was able to leave and not finish it that day was because it was a hive. It was an actual Langstroth box. When they bought the property, she said, oh, they used to be everywhere and they've just rotted and fallen down. And I'm like, well, that explains why your neighbor has three of them that were over there currently right. trying to remove, you know. But my thought was, oh, well, this is in a hive. That's perfectly fine. I will ratchet strap it down. I will tape off the entrances. I'll load it up and stick it in the back of the truck at the end of the day after doing three removals next door mm -hmm. and leave with it. That was not how that worked. <laughs> Well, you should have told her, look, that was a strategy. That's exactly what we do. We get rid of the mean ones and then we come back when they calm down. <laughs> she said, I saw you drive out of there like a bat out of hell. And I was like, oh, that must not be good. He probably won't ever be back. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I came back a week later. I had basically decided that because the box was was you couldn't tell from looking at it until I got a little bit closer. But it was rotted. It, it literally, that's why they came out of five different sections, like tentacles, mm -hmm. was because there were holes rotted everywhere in it. The only thing holding it together was wax was and propolis. And no, wax and propolis on the inside. That was all that was wow. holding the box together. So I was like, all right, I brought back an entire new hive and I brought back frames without any foundation in them. And I basically did a removal on site, cutting out all the comb. And it was like black rubber and transferring it what I could over into the other box and then letting them all settle in there and then, then taking it off out of there. But, oh, the days. I'm too old for that crap now. <laughs> wow. I, that's why, I'm, I mean, I've done some removals, but I don't do the hard ones because it's just so much work, right? It is It is a lot of work. But some of the some of the ones that don't seem like they should be are the ones that turn out to be the most challenging or leave the right. most interesting stories after the fact. When right. you're like, but it was just this one little small thing. It shouldn't have been that complicated. Yeah. Uh, you know, the water meters. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do the water meters. I'm not even going to charge for it. I'll do maybe 50 bucks for mileage, whatever that was at the time. And it was all the way up north. And I, I come in and it's like, oh, yeah, crack it open. That water meter cavity actually went underground and <laughs> like, you know, and so they were all shoved underneath there. And I was just like, I, I couldn't, I'm like, it's going to be winter. I was going to remove them really nicely and everything. At this point, I'm just going to leave them in there and it will come back in the spring. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, this did not go as expected. We're going to reevaluate and I'll be back in a few months. <laughs> right. In the residential neighborhood. Right. So I didn't want the liability of those mad bees everywhere um with me trying with all the honey that was in there i was like let's wait for it to be less honey and uh fewer bees and then we'll do that a little bit more safely yeah there's also the phone calls that come up where i would i've got these in austin all the time it would literally be like thanksgiving between thanksgiving and christmas yeah i got a phone call and a lady was like 
we're going to have my daughter's birthday party this weekend and we got people coming over and there's bees that are living up in this section of the house and we have to get them removed. And I'm like, well, okay. And so I start asking my preliminary questions and I find out them suckers have been there for five years. Right. And I'm like, oh, they were fine for five years, but now that you're having a birthday party outside, now they've got to be gone tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I had to explain to her, I was like, well, first off, it's going to be cold. The bees aren't really going to be out flying around. It's wintertime. Yeah. You know, it, they've packed all the resources in there. It's going to be way bigger of a mess if I try to do it now and they probably won't survive. Or we could wait until spring and I can be there first thing, you know, in March. I'll come and take them out, you know, February, even if it's nice enough, I can get out there and take them out of there. But we're not going to do it in December. <laughs> like It's not going to happen. <laughs> One is the bees are not going to make it. I mean, at that point, right? And then uh, we've had the same thing. And they're like, well, we're having a party at 6.30 or 7 p.m. And it's right now. And and we need the bees removed because we don't want the the guests to be bothered. I'm like, yeah. at my time, they're going to be roosting. They're not going to come out. Right? Yep. Not only that, but if you're having a party today, Mm-hmm. Um, that place is not going to be anywhere anybody wants to be when the removal's done, even, mm, even for the, the rest yeah, of that day. Yeah, for the next day, sometimes when yeah. you have straggling, you know, foragers coming back. Yeah. So that goes back to the procrastination thing, but not on the beekeeper yeah. side, on the the you know layman, <laughs> the the, the right. consumer side, the non beekeeper people, whatever you want to call them. They, the uh, the muggles of the beekeeping world. <laughs> muggles. And then, uh, oh, yeah, they just got here and you find a humongous hive, right? This is not- no, no, no. They just moved in this weekend. They have been there for 10 years. Like, what crack are you smoking? <laughs> well, I just saw them this weekend when I was mowing. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sure you did when you were mowing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's the fun one. There are bees somewhere. I don't, I don't know where, but there are bees somewhere in the vicinity of my investment property. And I stand there on the balcony and I watch and I will see them loop up over the roof line and I can see the bee line and the general direction that they're going. And it makes me think if maybe the adjacent property over there from me does not have a colony somewhere that they're not aware of. Exactly. Yes. Sometimes that's what happens, right? Uh, That's why we're going to put those swarm traps up. Yeah, that's what I should do, actually, because there's a lot over in that area. I should stick a swarm trap out there on the back of that property. There you go. It's mine. I don't have to even do it guerrilla warfare style. There you go. Yeah. I mean, use it. The, the edge of the tree line. I'm also friends with the guy that owns like half of the valley, two houses over. So I can just put some there, too. <laughs> that's something that, yeah, if you're friends with him, I'm sure he'll love the, the little project. Oh, his 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 uh, youngest daughter her spirit animal is a bee. So she would just love to be able to help. They we've already got tentative plans for them to all come over and be able to look inside the beehives and suit up and go in there and check things out. So oh, that would be nice. You don't have an observation window though, right? So you'll just kind it, of no, that's why it's pre-plans on it would have to be an actual inspection, which means it would need to be at the time of year that it would be appropriate for such a thing. But yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. And the kids thing. love the bees yeah yeah well anyhow everybody we have talked about a whole bunch of just random things today and uh the point of it was literally like the the common article or thread through these were articles online things that had been in the news the first couple obviously were scientific the rest were just funny and bizarre so and and some stories that you probably already heard five times so there you go 
yeah and then you'll we'll be posting them john will be posting them in the comments and and the yeah we'll put them down in the description of the episodes you'll be able to click on the uh i i can put all three of the ones as far as uh the swarms that they actually did the cat scan on and then the swarm that you know has the electromagnetic charge and can actually affect the weather and the crazy person with all the queens strapped to them like bombs <laughs> that photo will stick in your mind it will just remain burned into your <laughs> it literally reminds me of somebody opening up their jacket and yeah. having dynamite wrapped all the way around their body it was just yeah. like oh my god that's a lot of queen cages right it, it, it's worth seeing it is it is don't attempt this at home folks <laughs> <laughs> It's a whole, it's not a bee beard. It's a, a bee corset. Bee belt. A bee belt. It went all the way up. <laughs> like right. It was way more than a belt. A bee boa. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm thinking corset, you know, just. Right, there you go. Just, <laughs> yeah. Suck it in. Hold your breath. <laughs> Rinse it in there. All right, everybody. Well, uh, this is not going to get anything but more absurd. So we are going right. to go ahead and let you go for this evening. Thank you so much for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. And as always, be mindful. <laughs> be good. <laughs> Bye-bye, everybody. Bye, guys. <laughs> this Hive Jive production was made possible by amazing patrons like you. And we appreciate your support. To all our Hive Jive junkies out there, you truly are the bee's knees. <laughs> <laughs>